0: Right, we are at the um, the Curtain Hotel. Shout out to Olivier for giving us the uh, the space again, and also shout out <laughs> to the crew here, Mimboso, uh, Thank you for uh, for hooking all this up. Um, I'm here with English M. Hello. Um, thank you for for your time. This no, is a so uh, a big moment for me because you are the first female. To
1: yes, come my, I like that.
0: Smart podcast. So thank you very much for <laughs> thank that. Thank you. Um, So I met you, uh, I think was in May for the Amanda Wakely show via Eve De Yes. Um, I'm hopefully, hopefully going to get Eve on my, on my podcast. She's a very cool lady and an artist. And, um, I, I remember meeting you because they say, even though it sounds a very cheesy and very (laughs) sort of cliche or corny, um, you meet people. Before they even say anything because of their energy. And you're very, very bubbly, very upbeat. And Thank straight you. away, me, me and you connected with my business partner, Michael, yeah. and we started chatting. It's so true. So I wanted to get you on the podcast because really, really good good person to be around. Thank Professional. You. Um, you've had a bit of success in your life. You've also gone through some challenges. And I think the, the, the demographic or the listeners will get a lot of value out of it and also a lot mm. of lessons. So English M isn't your real name; it's mm. your social name.
1: That's my yep Instagram handle.
0: Okay, so who are you? What's your background? So
1: my real name, my full name is Emily Warpton Adams. Um, I'm a London girl. I grew up in London, from London. Um, my, I mean to kind of strip it back right to the beginning. Um, my parents divorced when I was four years old. I've, uh, I spent six years at boarding school and then came back to, um, London when I was around 16, mm-hmm. um, from the age of 14 to 20, I, um, suffered badly from, uh, mental health uh, conditions, which I've now overcome. And now I'm the co-founder of a company called Power Food. Uh, and there's been, and yeah, between, in the last four years, it's been, Quite a whirlwind of uh, taking part in a TV show, working on superyachts, um, taking a different path from going to university, which was my initial um, plan.
0: So, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm ho- hopefully going to be um, interviewing on my podcast, Tim Lovejoy. Yeah, he's also got a very very cool podcast, and one of the things that a couple of the Uh, audience the demographic that Mm -hmm. listens to mine um some people haven't got the background of like tv and stuff and they they wonder how to get involved with that and that's one of the questions i'm going to be asking tim okay i've actually asked him myself and he's got his own explanation but with you so your handle name Mm -hmm. english m is because of the tv program that you had in america or was a part of can tell us a bit more about that
1: so yeah it was very spontaneous um corner turn in my life when i spent Couple of years working on super yachts. They traveled around the world. Um, was
0: that just like a a job? That
1: was a job. Um, quite an alternative job. I did an Atlantic crossing. Um, very hard work, but there's a TV show that's very famous in America. (coughs) Um, on Bravo TV, um, called Below Deck. And I got, um, someone, a casting director reached out to me through, she was LinkedIn initially to take part in the TV show and, um and then i went through the casting process i never thought that anything would come of it and i'd be cast but i ended up being cast and i had to go through had to go through the um uh it's a psychological assessment um interviews etc and then spent it was a reality show think of the upstairs downstairs life on a super yacht okay and um yeah it was six weeks filming back to back in the um in a uh, in the BVI's, which is near the Caribbean. Yeah,
0: and uh, I'd love to go there. By the way,
1: it was beautiful. Hard work, crazy. Um, it's like it's like a, a game. You get you know you're watched twenty four seven by eleven cameramen. Um, and I mean yeah, I grew a bit of a platform with social media from that. Instagram wasn't that that big then. <coughs> um, and uh, then kind of the year ongoing year after that i put some energy into it and just uh yeah aligned with the people i wanted to align with and made it a platform kind of advocating positivity mental health um okay sdgs um focused brands and things so um sustainable yeah um nutrition yeah so sustainability nutrition etc yeah and that's where i am now
0: cool so um Last look you've got about 70,000 followers.
1: Got 90 90,
0: sorry. 90. <laughs> okay, cool. So, um 94,
1: sorry, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll
0: um I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. So, going back on like topic of working on super yachts. I mean, for me as a as a let's say a male from from London, <laughs> To get onto a sh- super yacht, I mean, I'm, I'm very f- uh, fortunate mm. that I've got a few friends who are very, very successful. One of them's kind of a mentor to me. Yeah. He's also got his own yacht, um, and he inspired me to get into, um, into property, yeah. which I have done now, and he guides me a little bit. He's a guy called Ozzy. And um, I think he's got a Sunseeker, actually. And cool. it was one of the first real experiences that I went on a big yacht like that and thinking, oh, my God. This is owned by one individual. How inspiring! And the guy is so nice and so down to earth.
1: Yeah.
0: But being being a female, I mean, is that something you really experienced deep down, or was it just a job? Had had to do
1: for me. I mean, I, yeah, I embarked on that, uh, on yeah, in, into that industry. I always knew that I had um, a sell-by date per se. Like it's. I've but always wanted. Did you
0: apply for it though? Is it something like you looked? You found, like, you could see there was a career on super yachts and thought, I'm going to go for that, or is it just by chance?
1: So, I mean, I'd gone through my difficult time in, uh, like, here in the UK. I was 20 years old, and I was supposed to go to Cambridge to study psychology and politics. Mm -hmm. Um, And I realised that it wasn't the right journey for me at the time. And I had a friend who, so I was doing other jobs, and I had a friend who had worked in super yachts said why don't you give it a go and I'd never thought about the back end of super yachting per se like I've got friends who you know go on as guests and things and I didn't ever think about going to work on one and I looked up and there's some there's you know there's a bit of investment behind going to work on board but you have to you have to pass the, pass uh some like medical assessments and do some training um so like firefighting you have to go into a body of a plane and you know, with a real fire and carry out dummies, like some crazy wow. stuff. I know, which as a girl, I was like, it's crazy. Um, and uh, yeah, a month later, I flew out to France and I uh, you have to kind of apply through agencies and you get on board. And it's a lot of fun, very hard work. Uh, it's like, but yeah.
0: What What was your actual role though on the...
1: So I was, um, I, worked, I mean, I was doing it for three years. Uh, initially, <coughs> I started off as a junior uh, stewardess. Um, And then I worked my way up to second stewardess. Um, And I'm also, I was qualified uh, through kind of short courses and then through the the boats actually paying for me to do courses. I was a massage therapist. So I did stewardess massage therapy.
0: Cool. So were the uh, yachts owned by individuals, companies, institutes?
1: Um, they were all individuals, um, managed by agencies. And okay. so I had, um, owners from, um, can
0: we know any names?
1: I can't disclose <laughs> no, no, it. okay. All but, good. Uh, UK, um, Russia, Asia, and, uh, yeah.
0: Okay. So, uh, I'm not going to ask for any names because that would be, uh, uh invading <laughs> privacy but anyone that people would probably know like high-end people
1: a few yeah yeah, um, yeah a few it was um yes yeah,
0: and the reason why i asked that is because are any of these people were they even though you know was it quite challenging or tough working for these kind of like strong-minded and very successful people are they really easy going
1: some of them can be and you have to be um have your wits about you i mean there's a lot of I mean, I got some opportunities through working on the boats, and you'd come off and you'd, you'd want to be careful, yeah, with people. Yeah. Um. But also, there was the. It's. um. Yeah, I mean, also, I had mutual friends with some people who would, would come on the yacht and things like that. And that was sometimes a little bit difficult to um, be because you'd be serving them and they were. Because you're working, yeah. but they're
0: also your friends and you want to go through yes. it. Like you want to have a. Yeah. Kind of a conversation, a bit of banter, but then you've mm-hmm. got to be remain professional, yeah. I guess.
1: And I mean, a lot of people, because um, the TV show I was on is known within the yachting industry. And, um, it would be a lot of it. See, a lot of people see it as difficult to get back into the industry once you've done the TV show. And so, but I said yes because I knew I was ready to move on from
0: okay. yachting.
1: Um, I've always wanted to run my, own and run my own business and come back to London at some point. Um, so and I saw it as a good stepping stone:
0: definitely and um so similar sort of question with like the people coming on board did you ever have to deal with any kind of snotty people who uh <laughs> like, guess on the thing, and how did you handle
1: that? um yeah, there's some crazy stories, um some of them quite inappropriate and, and they think i mean they've got a lot of money, and there's often a lot of drinking and um, extravagance, and I think they think that they can get away with more than should be allowed sometimes. Um, and you do have to deal with a lot, you yeah. know, you gotta hold your tongue a lot as well as women. But regulations are changing, and I think, I mean, it can differ depending on what nationality the guests are as well. Um, I mean, I've got friends who've had to, I certain, uh, nationality, of, like, guests coming on board and they've had to crawl out the room and things like that as a protocol for um and they'd be, i mean yeah i've had guests on board who had eight wives they rotated which wife was in their bedroom every night and they had the mistress on a se- in a separate boat behind sounds like a, a great rainbow. lesson i'm <laughs> <out there.
0: laughs> no, i'm only joking <laughs>
1: i'm
0: only joking it was just a perfect setup for me to say that that was one of my jokes but um okay yeah i was just quite inter- interested because um obviously a lot of money on the super yacht kind of the different kind of guests and yeah, yeah just just quite an interesting topic so when you was on the tv show then mm-hmm. um I don't because I don't really watch too many of the reality TV stuff. I've never watched
1: it in my life. But but you know, like you got
0: you got Made in Chelsea and all these all these other ones. Is it partly scripted or is is it just freestyle? Are you just literally working and then you 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 know they're they're filming you?
1: I mean, I was quite because I'd come. I was in the industry. I would say I was quite naive when I went onto the show. Um, and I was twenty-one and quite young and. And they said, the show's entertainment is number one, the show's number one job, and then yachting is job number two. And I went on and I couldn't get my head around that. And so I was, I acted as if it was, was complete work. And it was, you're working as if you, was, it was, you were running a normal boat, but you have to be careful. And they do sometimes try and push you into certain scenarios. But I luckily for myself, I think, bit into a storyline that was right for them. I had a a romance and... Um, oh,
0: yeah, but with one of the other crew members. Yeah.
1: So I had a... Uh, yes. I don't know any so that of was this. i just coming in That to... was the main storyline for me. Wicked. Um So I had a relationship and then we continued for a year afterwards and went around America with him, nice. et cetera. So was he American or English? He was initially originally from England, um, but he has lived in America for 15 years. Nice. Um so, I fit into that storyline for them, so I wasn't pushed into really making any other drama, so it's mainly not scripted because they have enough content for it to not be scripted. right think and right. I mean, I can go by saying any of the boats I've worked on, there could have been a TV show made from any. It almost had to be made more tame, if anything, because <laughs> um yeah, crazy things happen on that's, I cool. mean, you put thirteen adults on board in a confined space for six weeks and things are gonna happen. Of course they are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um so um you use that as a as a way to exit that um that industry. Yeah. Even I mean again you must have travelled the world doing that?
1: Yeah, I mean I travel to a lot of places. I wouldn't say the world, but there are opportunities to go around the world. But I did um you know all the way around Europe and Turkey greece corinth canal atlantic crossing caribbean um some of the americas um i mean i've got friends now who go off to the galapagos and alaska and the, there are lots of opportunities but i didn't do too much but, okay
0: yeah and um on on the night of just traveling and how important do you feel traveling is because um we were just talking before we started filming and mm-hmm. um mentioned my son yeah mason he's only like four and a bit weeks old now and one of the things i'm definitely going to promote to him. Is definitely get traveling done. Is as, as young as you can, really. And if you can work at the same time, you get that great life experience. Yeah. How would you support that?
1: I mean, I think traveling is like very, very valuable, valuable and important. Um, for me, uh, the opportunity to travel whilst working, yachting, even really—I mean, after what I went through in my like late teenage years and things—it changed me as a person and it enabled me to um really like see a lot of the world and um i think it yeah feeds the soul you it really does. learn a lot about yourself um and other people you meet people you build new relationships um and i think that experience is so so important yeah yeah
0: i um my background is mostly in in sales i think any business you get into there's a core core part of it which is selling anyway whether it's direct or indirect and i feel that the way you build up um, rapport with someone Mm -hmm. is by being well traveled if you can read if you can train if you can get yourself stuck into a few different things you build up that credibility and that rapport and validation you can hold a conversation with people And going traveling and looking at different cultures and going through different experiences is absolutely key yeah, in, in, in very my opinion. Much so. And you, you got to do that, be on TV, build up yourself. Yeah. So, um, with this following, then we talk about, uh, social media being a blessing and a curse. Um, it's a blessing because you can advertise yourself, uh, and brand yourself. Yeah. I just saw even an article which we posted on Mimbos. I think Sam did the other yesterday about, uh, Kylie Jenner. Yeah, turning herself into self-made billionaire, uh, the youngest that. one ever in history, which is yeah, wicked, like very inspiring, and a massive part of that is going to be down to a social social presence. So, for you, how how's it impacted your life having a bit of a, a nearly a hundred? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot. A hundred thousand people following you.
1: I mean, you I'm couldn't
0: get a hundred thousand in this room. <laughs> <laughs> you, it's no. quite
1: great to think that. I mean, and I, and, I mean, I'd say. I've always wanted to be, cause it is valuable. I like using Instagram and social media. Um, I see it as, uh, quite a gift and I love all my followers and they have been through what I've been through at different points over the past couple of years, they've been so incredibly, incredibly supportive and I have built relations, uh, through social platforms. Um, and I think it's really, it's a really important tool and, ve- uh, a really good way to create impact and spread awareness and share messages that, uh, need to be shared in the right way. And it's changed, you know, the way, m- um, the media work as well, because, you know, influencers is such a big tool now. Um, but I can, like, I know the downsides from it for me, it's, um, like I've always wanted to be one of those people. If Instagram wasn't here tomorrow, then I would be able to carry on with life. I've got backing and I do other things because a lot of people rely solely on that. And I don't think that that should be the right way forward because, uh, it isn't reality. It's a percentage of that. And it is a highlight reel. Um, as much as people can share like the downs, the ups and the, and the downs, (coughs) it's still like never going to be totally authentic. No. Um, But it can be used to impact and share the messages that help yourself and others. Yeah. Um, Through like my recent death, it's been very cathartic. And uh, I have had lots of messages saying it's helped others as well in sharing that. And then through, you know, sharing my mental health story and things, that's really, again, it's been a stepping stone in my recovery and it's helped a lot of other people as well. Like it does have a lot of positives.
0: Yeah um thankfully I, I knew you before i saw your account and obviously I, I know you now and the one thing i can definitely honestly say is who i see on social to who i see now and speak to is exactly the same person i like that which, which, is, which, which is which is which i think is the way it should be but yeah. unfortunately i think even i everyone's sometimes accountable of like only posting the things that you know display the best side of you but I think it's important to be authentic, yeah. use it in the right way, but also not get too distracted. Because I see even people at like, even my my work, mm. like sales guys, they want to jump on it and they they sometimes uh, kid themselves about oh I'm trying to do work, but really they're getting pulled into this world and they're yeah. they're on it for an hour, two hours, and it kind of can ruin the day. So no, managing the time is basically going to be important. Managing as well. time
1: is very important, I think. It's a difficult one as well because, you know, I've got friends and family who are on the other side of it because I it is a work tool for me. I use it kind of to connect with people and things as well, but I, you know, know what I'm sharing. I use it for business um, and, you know, so, you know, I know what it's there for. For people who just use it to scroll and to kind of share things, there is a lot of, you um, know, the word, like, there's a lot of pressure for them to keep up that you know that presence and want to get the likes and um you know it's another method for like for bullying and they can get addicted to scrolling and things and I see the flip side of that because I know people who you know when it's not your job to kind of be posting and sharing messages and aligning with brands that you believe in like that's exciting for me Mm. and I can see if so it is just about knowing like uh you know self um what's the word um yeah self-awareness and being able to limit your time and usage of it because you know it can be a positive tool for people who um follow you know who just just follow people on it as well Mm. i get inspiration from people i follow on instagram and Mm -hmm. messages that are shared you know Mm. i'm not the only one sharing them
0: so i want to talk about um your business yeah. The directions going in and also about your training and, you know, the things that you do on the daily routine. Yeah, I've got an episode that. called, um, Routine of a Champion. And I just try mm-hmm. and share. It sounds quite arrogant, actually, routine <laughs> of a champion because I share my sort of routine, but it's just something I, 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 I labeled it as. Um, before I get into that though, I know okay. you had some challenges, which sure. you mentioned at the start, some mental mm-hmm. and anxiety and let's say uh, depression and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel that even though. Everyone's gone, gone through it, even if it's a small part or, or or a massive part. Um, myself and Sam from Mimbo have had the pleasure of meeting Rio and Anton Ferdinand, really great guys. And as the world knows, he lost his wife and his mum. Yes. To, to the horrendous disease, which is, which is cancer. And of course, depression, anxiety and fear and everything else comes with that. Yeah. But he always says about focusing on, his training. I mean, he was always fit, but now he's an absolute beast with the training he does. Um, Other businesses, other directions he wants to go in. And sometimes if he said that if he didn't feel those things, then it wouldn't get you to think outside the box and then look at different, different strategies. How would you also like echo that? Or what's, what's kind of your challenges that you went through and how have you taken the positive from it? Um,
1: Okay. So, I mean, from, but from the age of fourteen to nineteen, I suffered um, like critically from anorexia, and then the offsets of that were depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and account, and I, you know, had osteoporosis and things from that. <coughs> and I suppose, I mean, getting into that position, it was never intentional. I sort of lost myself. I didn't know how to reach out for help, um, and I was uh, a young girl who got wrapped into you know, negative habits and negative coping mechanisms. Um, And I didn't know how to get myself out of that. And uh, I think, I mean, I I threw a couple of hospital admissions. My last one, I just got, something clicked. And it is, people do say, I clicked a switch. As in, you know, that is kind of a metaphor used uh, for things like this. And I wanted to get better. And it is, um, it was a big climb. Um, And you have to kind of... But you change your coping mechanisms and put your energy into other things. And it was through changing my environment and my circumstances and working on myself to get there. And I can honestly say, when I wake up in the morning, sometimes I have to pinch myself as to where I am now because mm-hmm. I could have never imagined it. Um, uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm a completely different person. And, um, that, you know, that initial drive has driven me to, really embrace what life has to offer and live it to the fullest and say yes to things um and socialize and you know really value my friends and family because there was a point where I had absolutely no intention to see people to want to socialize it was kind of it's all encompassing you feel like it's you get put in this bubble and you can't get out um and all that matters is um is the things that you have in front of you and making yourself numb almost um
0: did you ever because I don't know I don't know and I'm honestly asking as a, just like uh like almost innocently but was there any like drink drugs or anything that you went down or junk food or was it just having bad in the chat with yourself
1: it was um it wasn't only bad in a chat I mean I I just I mean I struggled I was like, well, because of the anorexia, I had depression. And then for a long time, I restricted being put on any medication. Then I got put on antidepressants, which, um, I needed at the time because you scientifically my, um, neurotransmitter levels, my serotonin levels were low. Um, and that's just a counter effect. And it, you know, it's a downward spiral. So
0: that gave you a boost. So,
1: uh, yeah. I did need that. Um, it was, it's then difficult to wean yourself off them and you do have to be strong. Um, and it is because then you start feeling and it's because I suppose the anorexia was an escape from some of the emotions I did not want to face. And, you know, it's fear and stress and going through difficult times um, and it's learning different coping mechanisms to adapt to those feelings. And that's where my joy of exercise and being social and traveling and eating well to make me feel good came from because i've always been conscious about eating but um you get wrapped up as a young per- you, know, per- you know person into fad diets and um a took it stuff, to yeah. an extreme um i was never overweight i was but i became emaciated um and i had to learn uh how to eat to make me feel good and not guilty and well and happy and you know they say your second brain is your gut it's in your stomach and so i really do feel that eating the right things um you know helps your mental health as well Mm. um and that was definitely a tool that helps keep me out of depression and manage situations um which you know i'm kind of experiencing now as well so
0: yeah yeah um ruben tabarez who is part of our uh mimboso company yeah um, he's our wellness kind of nutritional expert. And I've done a podcast with him and he talks about being at, the word disease is dis-ease. Yeah, exactly. And when you have certain foods, they have a certain frequency, which is yeah. either out of tune or in line with your body. Yeah. So just like a f- fingerprint, we've all got our own frequency. And if you eat superfoods, they follow the line of your frequency and makes you feel good. Yeah. But if you eat junk foods, such as, let's say, KFC or McDonald's or something, even though they probably serve a purpose sometimes, but most of the time when you're eating that stuff, um, it just makes you short term feel okay, but then afterwards you feel it's a horrendous. Big slump. Yeah. So so nutrition is got to be such an important point for life anyway, but right. overcoming things like depression and anxiety, because it's gonna feed your your soul basically. No,
1: exactly. I totally agree and I know that I mean, they're coming on board with it in the medical world a bit more. A lot of doctors are doing nutrition degrees as part of their, you know, their um, courses and things like that. Because I found, it, I mean, even through what I suffered from, um, when we had to, go, I had to go, went into hospital for an eating disorder. Um, the diet we put on was, really, really high sugar, high fat, processed foods, and it scared the hell out of me. It was like, you know it wasn't not what i should be eating Mm. and that's one thing that actually incentivized me to get out to do this the way i want to do it because otherwise i was going to have to you know suffer through that Mm. long term Mm. um and that's where you know my business idea you know came from and it's how i learned to um eat well for my mind and body and feel well and embrace life through that because i do feel it's a core element of life and when you're eating well you've got energy you're more focused you feel like exercising it food brings people together as well It's a social component um and that's why i think um where Power came from which i co-founded with my mom so we it sounds a power of wellness and we spread that yeah. through nutrition and the main kind of area being the corporate world because they don't have access or time um, or knowledge to eat well, and we make make that you know we enable them to do that through delivering our food, which is all designed by nutritionists and created by chefs. Um, and then, kind of slowly, we're going more for home delivery and things as well. And I really believe in it. Um, so I like I know firsthand how it helped me, and we see the impact it's making, and you know how eating well makes people feel well and you know work well
0: yeah um ruben shares on his on the on the interview that um if you're feeling depressed you always will gravitate towards the junk foods Mm -hmm. the chocolates the sweets sometimes something a bit harder obviously the alcohol and then even worse still like really really hard drugs and as you just kind of said and even kind of uh, admitted that most people once they're in that spiral it's very very difficult to get out until we have that the penny drop-in moment or the light switch and you can kind of break away from it, but you've got to persevere and stick to your plan. Um, no, definitely. Yeah. So,
1: either, yeah, you either go for junk food and you feel very, very guilty um, or you don't eat at all and you're either as dangerous as each other. Um, and I think, yeah, eating well is a very poor component of that. Cool. Yeah.
0: So um- – I think there's a valuable lesson there as well. Anyone listening to this, um, if you're going through a very, very similar scenario as yourself, to remain almost positive that it's going to be light, light at the end, uh, end of the tunnel. Yeah. And as you've turned that kind of uh, a painful scenario in your life, and now you're 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 an entrepreneur you're an entrepreneur you're a business person and it does
1: drive me yeah it gets me up in the morning it's yeah
0: you must get up with a bounce in your step
1: i do yes it's i mean i love the diversity in it i'm i was never one to be destined sitting behind a desk in an office for someone else um as much as there's nothing wrong with that it just wasn't me yeah um since you know through kind of everything i've been through negatively i've also since a young age you know, run market stores and done ventures with my friends and run, you know, run enterprise projects at school. I was always very into that. Um, and both my parents, you know, are entrepreneurs. Um, and you know, even then my, you know, my father passed very recently and that's a whole new method to get in through the grief. I'm trying to live through what who he was okay. and what he was proud of me for doing and carry on with that drive. And inherit his energy because, you know, he would have, you speaking about something was never quite like enough for him. He always did it. And I want to be a a doer.
0: Yeah. So he was like, you know, full of action and uh, he went out there and achieved goals and and done certain things. Um, Before we talk about a bit more about your business then, because I really, I'm interested about the future of that and why, I I know why you come up with it, but some of the ideas you had behind your brand and stuff. Any advice that you give to anyone, anyone whatsoever who is suffering from any kind of depression, anxiety—is it okay? What can they do? You know,
1: Um, I think that I mean, first and foremost, reach out and ask for help, and that can be the hardest. Um, Don't uh, don't try and hide it. Um, If you're, and I know the yeah, the initial thing would be to go down the negative coping mechanisms. but, you know, reach out to organizations and someone you can speak to. Um, if family and friends will be too difficult. And uh yeah, I mean, share it, be open about it, be vulnerable. But you know, I think for men there could be sometimes be a bit more difficult yeah. um than with women, but actually there's nothing wrong with it. And getting through and having that awareness around your feelings and how to deal with them just build makes you stronger and more resilient and you can accomplish amazing things from that and getting through it. So it's nothing to be ashamed of.
0: Good, okay. And uh, it's kind of like the the most strongest thing you can do is be be honest about it and be open Mm -hmm. and seek for help. I think it's actually quite... I don't want to say weak because that's, uh, it's, mm-hmm. that sounds a bit disrespectful, but it's almost almost appears to be a bit weak if you don't go out there and uh, ask for someone's help. And being being a male, I know how I would have been a few years ago. I would have been like, "No, I'll get through this," and you know, be that alpha male type person. But actually, it's better, and you overcome things quicker if you do it with a team.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, training. Yes. You keep yourself in very good nick. <laughs> And um, that's got to be down to your nutrition, yeah. and you have to do that anyway because you've got a nutritional company, yeah, but, but training. Good
1: image, first game. <laughs> what's um,
0: um, What's your daily kind of or weekly routine with with training? What kind of stuff do you do?
1: Um, I'm very mindful with my training. I really, I think that I know that exercise is very important, um, and I take it seriously. <clears throat> I don't have a set routine with it. I listen to my body more so. If I'm I think, especially with ladies as well, like you go through different cycles throughout the month, but you're more tired, less tired. There's so many factors. And I've just learned through kind of pushing myself too much in the past to really listen to my body and kind of decipher then whether I want to do um, a yoga class or just go walking or go on a lo- really long run and all go to the gym and work out. But I'm very diverse in my exercises. I love kind of growing it you know work um working through different types um i i used to do cross-country running so running has always been like a really nice mind release for me That's um
0: therapeutic
1: yeah very um, listen to some like good playlists and you know pound the tracks i like that but and i can also be very zen in the yoga in a hot yoga room
0: so. yeah do you ever um Listen to like podcasts on runs.
1: And I don't do podcasts on runs because I need the upbeat music vibe. I get For that. me, I get that. Um, but I know a lot of people who do uh, listen to podcasts and runs. Yeah. But it's not, yeah, I can't do that.
0: My, my mentor, a guy called Rob Moore, um, made most of his success initially through property, but then he's gone into, he's got the disruptive entrepreneur. And he says uh, one of his best bits of advice is when you're training, compound that same time by also educating your mind um so, so podcasts, yeah. i mean is it something that you're i mean we're doing one now but yeah. is it something that you're mm-hmm. kind of into
1: um it is i do like podcasts i probably don't listen to enough but i do try i listen to a uh, friend Cofton's happy hour i listen to um yeah a couple of varied ones on entrepreneurial un- entrepreneurial ones ones around sustainability and business they're trying um and then i mean i like little pockets short bursts like 10 minute motivational you know day starting day starters um yeah i, I do like that but i don't have a set one okay. that i religiously listen to okay
0: so with your business and did you ever read any books get go to like a networking events or listen to a podcast which has kind of helped influence your your business or is it all from a gut feeling
1: um, I mean, got food, like, yeah. sorry, like think about food and I mean, that was a big part of it. Um, but, uh, aside from that, I mean, no, uh, networking, reading books, invaluable, uh, definitely, uh, I mean, when you get into business and with the, and running startup, say, I mean, I hate to say it cause I don't like being that person, but sometimes I don't, I don't like saying I don't have the time. I don't prioritize the time always to read books. Um, and actually, if I do, I like having one that is a bit of a mind release because, you know, it could be work until midnight, you know, at night with a startup two in the morning. It's a lot of work. Um, but there are podcasts, podcasts and books I've read that have influenced my work and business. And also, uh, yeah, I'm always going to networking events. That's been very, very valuable. Um, uh, watching, you know, listening to people on panels, networking, talks. Um, yeah I do that a lot
0: yeah um, there's just
1: surrounding yourself with people who are going through similar things as well um, so I important. think it's so important because you need people who lift you up and believe in it and know that slight you know hint of hint of craziness that you need to start your own business because a lot of people don't do that yeah don't know that
0: yeah Yeah. well you know the saying is you are what you eat uh, mm-hmm. the other thing is true is you become your surroundings so Your peer group or the people that you're around the most, they start rubbing off. And that could be a good or a bad thing because if you're around the wrong people, you're going to probably end up like them. If you're around the best people, people that pull you up, going back to my friend Ozzy, who's got um, private jet, you know, uh, you know, your yacht and all these properties, he's a right lovely, down to earth guy. I mean, he will start rubbing off on me in a very, very good way because I just listen to a lot of things he says. Uh, So the networking, uh, there's another cliche saying your net. Worth is determined by your network. Do you think that's that's quite a true saying?
1: I think it can be. Yes, Um, I definitely have a lot of different friend pockets um, that use, uh, you know, kind of exercise my different personalities. Okay. For instance, like I need my core old friends, and then I have people who enhance my creativity and my arty nature, and then I have my even people in the health and fitness world um so there's different people who utilize my different personalities but I do yeah to a certain extent believe in that but I'm also someone who will go into a room and I know who I gel with and who I don't and I'm not going to invest the time of people who don't give it back yeah um because life's too short of course.
0: <laughs> it's not rehearsal it's one shot
1: yeah exactly uh
0: your business then so the goal for it let's just say five ten years from now Oof. where do you see yourself and the business going
1: okay um so I've obviously I run it with my mum and I, which is an odd. It's, it's lovely. It's great so we're thing. co-founders. Um, and I, i say five, 10 years is a difficult one. I mean, at the moment we're, um, I mean, we want to grow it to be a lifestyle brand, kind of like future goals where we're wanting to, I mean, we're impacting the corporate world at the moment, mainly. We want to, uh, build more of a presence and for people to be able to order it from home and have meal plans and, you know, it be accessible in shops. Yeah, that's our goal. We really feel that, you know, we want to make a difference through the food that we're serving and the messages um, that we put out. Kind of that will be, you know, two, three-year plan. Yeah.
0: Good stuff. Uh, what I liked about what you said is it's not just a, a consumable product where you're buying it and eating it, but is, there's an educational side to yeah. it. Most people, including me, in the last couple of years, I mean, I'm testing something at the moment, which is um, I haven't eaten meat this year so far. Oh, wow, well done. Um, I've been doing fish still, but mostly vegetarian stuff. So most days it would be vegetables and then some fish sometimes. I have to say I do feel great, but I don't know whether that's a placebo effect. But I think it's important to test these things to see how your body adapts and changes. Very much so, yeah. And I think with what you're doing and trying to do or will achieve is you are educating people on like the benefits of certain foods and
1: stuff yeah exactly that's the main one of the main things behind it and then our food is enriched with uh, additional superfoods and it being nutritionally balanced i think a lot of people who go um who transition into veganism or you know being a vegetarian you're not getting the a lot of the vitamins and the meat and the amino acids that you need. And also with synergy foods, you need to be eating certain food groups together to absorb the nutrients properly. Otherwise yes. you are not absorbing them. So we take into account all of this, yeah. which is a uh, very valuable.
0: It's, yeah. Do you know what? Like, cause you're, you're, you're speaking our language here. I mean, and <laughs> you're, you're speaking, I mean, I, this can go on for ages, but um, cause Ruben talks about a lot, you know, like I'm not trying to knock these companies cause they're, they're, they're a business and they're, they're, they're there to, to make money and, and stuff, but certain um vitamin companies um what most people don't know it might say vitamin C on it or something like that but really your body's not absorbing it because it's not compatible with the amino acids exactly. in your body and it's just flushing through you and it's in a way it's a bit of a con because no, cause, cause they've yeah. not been educated yeah. they've just been misled with what it says on the on the on the front yeah and they're they're convincing themselves it's good but it, it, it's not I know. Not. And it's- what you just said, you need one element mm-hmm. with another element in order to – I mean, Ruben, I remember Ruben saying one thing to me. He said, um, when you put an orange, <clears throat> eat the white bit. Yeah. You-. And I said, what? Well, I hate that. Like, I, he said, no, that's called pith, and pith is high in, p- in vitamin P. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, what's vitamin P? I've never heard of that. He said, what the property, the, the importance of vitamin P, it allows you to absorb more vitamin C. So yep. the more of the p that you eat from pith, the more you can uh, absorb the vitamin C, which is obviously very very healthy. And that one little soundbite I got from him, it stuck me for.
1: It, it stuck does, It just yeah, it stuck and people me. love this information. I mean, that's why we do when we t- on, take on a new client, we give them a workshop <clears> to try <throat> and, it's like a, you know, a, you know, a lunchtime chat with some just foundation bite size knowledge. Um, or, you know, to try and just uh. Yeah, people love the, people love being educated and it sometimes, go, it could sometimes go into too much detail, but, uh, it's so valuable to take on into your kind of, you know, everyday life. A lot of people would cut out fats when they're so eating. Important. And it's so important. If you're not eating fats when you're eating carbohydrates, you don't absorb any AED and K, Um, and which are like, yeah, p- yeah, it's very important. People just, uh, they're sold these fad diets and this, sl- you know, the, slimming teas and uh, all of these things and it's um quite yeah dangerous and sad
0: (laughs) it's the misconception of what fat is and how it's utilized by the body they just affiliate fat with a bad waistline yeah and that is Mm. their connection but actually when you start thinking about the brain the nerves you know the signals that your body needs to transmit in order to be healthy it all comes through a lot of the fats and stuff so uh, reuben talks about putting Oils on on your food. Yeah, um, that's obviously exactly. a very very good way of um, yeah. You know, and
1: consuming we use. It. I mean, there's a, we with our we use kind of a we're very careful about the oils we use. So we're using um, flax and avocado and coconut and MCT MCT oil. Um, so we're yeah we've. It's very important. Yeah, um, I
0: have all the time in my like uh, my juices and stuff, flaxseed, chia yes, seeds, so hemp, and uh, you know all kinds of different stuff. It's funny. And it definitely does does make you feel a lot more alert. Yeah. Um, so just to round this off then, um, so you've obviously got your your company. You're mm-hmm. going through. Um, some changes with that. Are you getting investment on board, or what are you doing? Um,
1: we're going for investment. I mean, at the moment we're wanting to grow organically mm-hmm. um, more so. So we're um, just trying to build more sales, okay. uh, get uh, like get build build new set, get more sales in, refine and streamline our website. Um, and just create some more awareness around it, get some collaborations on board. I mean, there's always going to be struggles with a startup because you can either get investment in and grow too fast and then you lose the scale up uh you know uh system. And yeah. we want to like really get that on, you know, right because uh yeah, it's a it's a like an interesting time. It's, yeah. you've got to kind of manage the scale up and like you know acknowledge what happens on the really busy days and where things slip and where things are good and whether we need to outsource certain logistics and um yeah every day's a new lesson
0: so. good stuff and um if uh, people are interested to in find a bit more about uh, that or buying any of the products where yeah. can they find it
1: okay so there's palfood.co.uk which is the main website and then my instagram is english underscore m's uh and then you can click through to the Power Instagram and Did they, did
0: you come up with that name or did they give it to you when you was on the show? Uh
1: so I um well I was known as I was the only English girl on the show. It's an American show. And so I was known as English Emily and English Rose, etc. I was blonde on the show as well. So it's <laughs> like a little English blonde girl. Uh and uh so yeah, I think I made it English M's. And then when I became verified, you can't change the name. So I would have made it Emily, my, you know, my full name, whatever it is. Um, But I can't change it. So I'm stuck with English M's. And a lot of people just it's English M's. I I literally (laughs)
0: called you, uh, I think, yesterday before and I went English M's, how are you? <laughs> I, I just know you as English M's. I was like, what am I doing, you prat? Um, <laughs> but um, I think it's cool. So um, my catchphrase catch at the end is, be happy, never content. I explain it basically. I think happiness is a state of mind. I know you're not always happy. I think being fearful, anxiety serves people because yeah. it makes you grow. And it actually, you start noticing other things that you wouldn't have noticed if you were just happy yeah. 24-7. But I think generally speaking, you could be happy. Never content means that you're pursuing something. Yeah. Because rather, like a goal is, is cool, but it's only cool for a certain amount of time. Whether that's a new car, whether that's going to a new destination, reading a new book, learning a new, new, new language, you get that euphoria moment for a short space of time. Yeah. The real happiness is the, the pursuit. Yes. So never content means pursue something all the time. I like that. When I say to you, be happy, never content, what's your interpretation of that?
1: Um, I'd say, well, I see happiness as an emotion that can be, um, misused a lot nowadays. You when know, people go, I'm not happy, I'm down, I'm this, I'm that, uh, I'd say that importantly, it's feeling fulfilled in certain areas. And that goes back to kind of never contend you. I think the act of like pursuing things and always having, uh, not it is always about the journey to the goal that is important you're right there as well i believe in that and i think that um life your life changes circumstance change your environment changes and uh so to, to be fulfilled you have to change and it's always it's that constant changing and developing um to keep up with that that's how i would say it
0: good stuff we're at the curtain in the screening room so I know there's something else happening here fairly soon so thank you for your time again nice one thank Um, you (laughs) and um, yeah be happy never content cheers